Hi, this is Rodney Lim, owner and clinical supervisor of Advanced Counseling and Communicating Love. The purpose of my podcast channel is to help you progress, overcome challenges, and succeed in those things you'd like to accomplish or learn. Over the last 27 years in practice, as a licensed clinical counselor and marriage and family therapist, I have worked with a variety of clients with many struggles, but I have found there are three main areas that people can use a little help in. Mental health, including anxiety and depression, marriage and relationships, and pornography challenges and other things that cause difficulties in relationships. Each week, I will tackle one of these areas. So whatever you are struggling with, you can listen to that specific podcast area. I hope to give you real tools and suggestions that work. I hope to educate you on how to support loved ones and how to work on relationships. And most of all, I hope this is informative and helpful to you. Be sure to check out my website, communicatinglove.com, where you will find lots of great resources. You can also join me for a live webinar every Thursday if you'd like to ask questions. Go to my website, communicatinglove.com, for all the information. Now, on to the good stuff. Today's topic is going to focus on the question, how does one know when it is time to divorce? That's a question I'm guessing most everyone has thought about at some time or the other. Lisa, if you had any comments, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on that before I get in and share my thoughts on that. How, how do you know when you're working with couples, when it's time to divorce or when it's time to dig in and work? Yeah, I've actually had to ask that question several times in therapy what their commitment level is and kind of like with addiction or any other change that you're trying to make, you really need to know how committed someone is to following through with the behaviors that need to change. Yeah. Yeah. So do you ask the question or what's your, well, you ask what their commitment level is, right? I've asked what their commitment level is. Yes. I've had all sorts of responses. Yeah. 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 The whole gamut. (laughs) Lots of commitment to little commitment. So it's interesting. I would say the majority of clients that come in for relationship work, they come in if they're married, you know, they say, oh, we came in because we think we need to to divorce. And the reality is they came in because they want to be talked out of divorce. But they've lost hope because in their skill levels, they have not been able to work through the conflicts and situation they find themselves in. So their conclusion is we must need to divorce because it's not getting better. So I have to work with them and help redefine them is to understand that really it just takes some different skills. And as they learn the skills, they can work to overcome the barriers that have been in the way of their communication. And so it really is comes back to a lot of skills and and then, like you said, the commitment, that's a big part of how willing are they to work on the marriage. And really, it has more to do with the commitment than it does skills. To Skills help resolve those issues and make the relationship better. And yet, I think about, well, how did they get together in the first place? They didn't need a coach for communication. They didn't need a coach to figure out how to get together or decide that it was a good thing to get married or to to live together. So 
if they were able to have the skills to get together in the first place, then somewhere there are the skills to communicate and have a good relationship. And I think that's an important concept to meet them where they're at and like what brought you together? How did you get to this point? How did you start? And yeah. what led you to where you're where you are now? Yeah, so really it comes down to humility, you know, and learning to be responsible for one's own behavior and not be blaming. You know, that's what causes problems and we're blaming and we're looking to the other person to change rather than changing ourselves. When an individual is working on changing their own skills and practice being humble, then it can work out. I mean, that's what they got together in the first place. They thought it was a good deal. It's when we get in relationship that we let our guard down and we're not as careful and we don't, we're usually often not as respectful, patient or kind when we get familiar with someone. And so that's why the relationship degrades is because that respect deteriorates. And that's a matter of commitment, back to that commitment. How committed are we to be kind? And I think the basis of any relationship, as long as a two individuals in a relationship are being kind, then any two people on the planet Earth can happily live together, being kind and respectful being aware of those boundaries, communicating those boundaries, and respecting those boundaries. So how do we know when it's time to divorce? So there's different takes on this. As I'm saying that out loud, I often tell couples when they come in, say they need to divorce. I agree with them that you do need to divorce. Along with that, I also say, my wife and I, we've divorced at least a dozen times. That's not legally. But the reality is when we get into a conflict and something that we're feeling frustrated with each other about and with ourselves, and it seems to be like we're at an impasse, we're not using our skills, obviously, of being kind and patient and forgiving at the time. But when we get on that roll and we get stubborn, it really is a good time to divorce those habits. It's good to divorce those old habits as often as we recognize them. And if we will do that, then we can always work through that and not have to get or not need a legal divorce. I am not the same man my wife married 34 years ago, nor is she the same woman I married 34 years ago. And just as any parent knows that we parent the oldest child different than the last child because we've learned and hopefully we get better and better. And so we're not the same people. It's, it's also been an interesting thing as I've had couples come in needing help with their marriage and, and asking them how they got together. Oh, they were my soulmate. And so, yeah, they used to be your soulmate. How come they still aren't now? And that's because as in everybody's life, we do grow and change. Life circumstances change. So it comes back to that commitment. How committed is that person? Yeah, it's, it's sad for me to experience when I find that someone's commitment is not there. Their definition of marriage is different. And so that is a big part in a way to decide if it's time to divorce or not is what is your definition of marriage? What is your definition of commitment? Those are all part of the answers to the question. 
in the beginning, over 27 years ago, starting my career, I thought, well, I'll never tell anybody to, to divorce because I'm firm on marriage and don't think anybody should ever divorce. In my experience, I have since learned that there are exceptions to staying married and that sometimes divorce is a good, merciful thing. Unfortunately, there are some exceptions to individuals needing a divorce, a legal divorce and separation. So we'll talk about that. When it comes to commitment and understanding what marriage is, has a lot to do with uh, a person's level of commitment. I have a couple, unfortunately right now, probably be looking at divorce. And the reason for the divorce was my wife doesn't like to go play as much as I like to play. She's always home with the kids. Well, she's a good mom. She's responsible and take care of the kids. And unfortunately, the husband is not being responsible when he's reviewing what marriage means to him. He says, well, she's no fun. She's always worried about everything. And so he's thinking on divorcing because he wants a spouse that can go have fun all the time. Ignoring totally the fact that he is disregarding his responsibility as a father and the commitment that we would hope comes with a family. And that makes it difficult. So I forget the guy's name, Canadian, that's a university professor. I'll have to get that later. But he talks about the a marriage or relationship of convenience versus covenant. And I really like how he outlined that. It says a, a relationship of convenience means that when you're not getting along, you're out of there. And that's the difference between couples who are living together as opposed to those who are married. Convenience versus covenant. If you've gotten married and you've made covenants, that is really the reassurance that when times get tough, you're not going to run away. You're going to stick it out. You're going to work it through. And that's the level of commitment covenant is that when things are hard, it's not if you're going to work it out, it's how you're going to work it out. And that's a difference of focus. And that makes all the difference. I'm reminded of the stories in history, the Vikings or some conquering army, when they came up to conquer a new nation, they would burn their ships behind them, which means there was no way of retreat. It's do or die. That's commitment. And in a sense, when we have that level of commitment, it's not if, it's how we're going to work, how we're going to win. And with that kind of commitment, then we can have a successful marriage no matter what. It's not always pleasant, not always happy, but with that commitment, we will take the time to work it out. We will find ways to make it better. It's okay to have timeouts and, and retreat at times, but with that commitment, we can work it out. So, uh, so Rod, thinking of that yeah. story, if you don't mind me um, mm -hmm. jumping in, if they burn their ships, they don't go back. They forge a new path. And I think that's one of the hardest things in marriage is learning to work 
in new ways with a partner as as children come in or as life changes you know you have to create a new path almost every time you go yeah and i like that that new path and and like you say as children come in as jobs change anytime you have a transition in life it's time to re inventory where the relationship is at where the balance of the relationship is who has the different responsibilities I mean, especially in our day and age, we are more understanding that marriage is more equal in the sense of how things are to work with the family because of our society, that it's more balanced in a relationship to be successful. It's not as patriarchal as it has been in the past, though it's good to have an understanding of areas of responsibility between husband and wife. Every transition, it's time to design the new path, whether you call it uh, forging new paths or getting a divorce of the old way, reestablish and redesign what, what the marriage is like. And so that's important. Convenience, is it a relationship of convenience or a covenant? Which brings me to some other things. And some of my background, if you read some of that, you know, I had some desire in the past when I was in the army to be a chaplain. So oftentimes I like to get churchy here. And so I'm going to share a few things and perspective from that. In a covenant marriage, it's not just a business agreement. Some business agreements, there's contracts for that. And if your marriage is like a contract, then there will be stipulations for divorce at that level of commitment. That's why some couples in different things, uh, because of difficult experiences before, is they will have a prenuptial agreement. And that shows that they're thinking about their commitment. Because of experience, it's hard for them to trust. And that's a challenge. But that comes back to the covenant marriage, is that in a covenant marriage, it's when you include God in your marriage, that's not just the two of you, it's the three of you. And that's why it comes to the, the truth is that no one really knows when it's time to divorce because, because in a covenant marriage, it's the three of you and there's more to understanding. It's not just the contract. It's the covenant is because God is involved in the marriage. You have to have his approval on how the marriage should continue. There's a scripture in Isaiah. Chapter 55, in the King James Version, it reads like this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So bottom line, the the principle of understanding is that I don't even think we all understand the whole purpose of marriage. And... God has his reasons. He instituted marriage in the beginning. And in my understanding, uh, studying the Old Testament, is that divorce did not exist until the time of Moses. Divorce was introduced at the time of Moses as a mercy for individuals at time where some individuals were not being faithful in the marriage and they were coming up with excuses to leave their wife and leave them behind and not be responsible. And so divorce was a way of mercy for them. Even then, as men are, oftentimes taking advantage of that, coming up with excuses. 
saying that their wife wasn't faithful, so they, they wrote a letter of divorcement for different excuses. Well, that's a longer discussion on those details. And yet, understanding that there are times, and it comes back to that, what level of commitment is a person willing to give for the marriage? How committed are they? I often say that the level of success in a marriage is a level of IQ, not necessarily intelligence quotient. It's more the I quit level. If a person has a very high I quit level, they're going to develop a very high level of relationship that's going to be more successful. If the IQ, the I quit level is off the charts, so will in time the marriage get better and better. So as long as you never quit and you have that commitment. It's been interesting in the many years of working with couples, many of them have come in with infidelity issues where one or both of them has had affairs. And, you know, statistically, the research in the past has been that 50% of marriages that have had infidelity still recover. And that's been my experience in counseling as well, that a lot of times, really, the infidelity is a symptom of the lack of working on the relationship and the lack of commitment or understanding that. When they get into that and realize, hey, even though I made a poor choice or my spouse made a poor choice, I still choose to commit. And because I love this person, I want to work it out. And as they have worked it out and learned new skills, and in those skills brought healing to each other through the betrayal, because learning those skills helped them work through the betrayal, they were able to begin to rebuild that trust with each other because of the skills and the commitment that they showed in working through those traumas that comes from the infidelity. It's unfortunately something that happens and yet in those cases of couples that have worked it out in all cases by the time they work through the infantility and they work to rebuild the trust they have then developed a better relationship than they ever had experienced before the infidelity happened they were living together but not understanding together but when that happens it kind of breaks down a lot of barriers that they were afraid of before approaching and now that those are all broken up because of the betrayal a lot of things are dealt with they were unwilling to deal with before and by dealing with those issues now they're able to connect deeper at the core than they were before so infidelity is not one of the reasons for divorce it can contribute to that but not a reason for divorce what does in regards to infidelity contribute is that level of commitment and that's an individual's choice if an individual has infidelity issues and is unwilling to change those behaviors and unwilling to let go of those outside influences which are cancers to any trust in a relationship if they're unwilling then that's a time where divorce needs to be considered Okay, but there again, if you're going to include God, you still don't know how long it will take for that person to come out of 
their poor choice or if they're going to continue with their stubbornness. And so with a covenant marriage, really no one knows. The only person that knows everything is God. And so when we have a covenant marriage, and if we did our homework correctly and we consulted with God, when we decided to choose to marry this individual, then we had his blessing knowing that it was a good choice. Now, that being said, just because we have that reassurance from God that this person would be a good choice to marry does not mean that they will stay that way. And so sometimes, unfortunately, maybe 5 or 10 or even 15 or 20 years of successful, happy marriage, a person can change their mind and begin to deny the prior commitments and covenants they've made and live and choose to leave the marriage when it comes back to how many times to forgive or to accept it. Uh, betrayal, it, it's really going back to God and asking His understanding because He knows all of our thoughts and the intents of our heart. The only way we can really know is if we have His reassurance. And so as I've worked with couples, then some couples I thought, man, they ought to divorce. It's just not working. And later as things change and that person changes, then it turns out that they work it through and it becomes great. And other times I think, well, it seems like they can work it out. And then the person decides they're done and they just choose to quit and they leave. I was talking with a friend this morning, actually, and unfortunately, he's waiting for his divorce to go through. His, his wife decided she was done and she went off to other places and decided that she wanted to relinquish her commitments and family and went off uh, with other people. So uh, those things happen. So sometimes we just have to respect a person's agency. And that's the bottom line is God will not force us to do anything. He invites, he shares with us his commandments so that we can choose or not choose to follow those. But one thing I've learned is that all of his commandments help us live a happier life when we follow those guidelines. Having his direction is the way to know whether to stay married or divorce. It's really the only way you can know for sure. That's a challenge for all of us is to learn how God speaks to each of us. And it's, it's the same skill set as how does our spouse speak to us? How do we communicate with our spouse? That is something that we all have to continually work on and fine tune if we want to work on that. The next major thing and probably the biggest thing that I think is where it's time to separate is when there is abuse. Physical abuse, for sure, it's important to have boundaries, to have safety. And if you don't have that, you need to separate. To get yourself in physical safety, that's important. And then with that, then you can work on whether or not that person is willing to work on anger management. If they're unwilling, then you've got to stay away from the abuse. So that's important. Now there's also neglect, which is also 
a form of abuse. Someone's checked out and they're not really involved. There's times where a person it won't verbally say, but by their actions and their lifestyle, what they're saying is, I'm no longer committed to this relationship. And there's various reasons where people might not say those things. They don't want to be the one responsible, but they can stonewall and cause lots of problems in a relationship. So abuse and neglect are some things that are to be considered. Generally speaking, I encourage everyone to try different things. Learning boundaries, that's a big part of improving a marriage, is to have healthy boundaries. The old saying is, a good fence makes a good neighbor, because the boundaries are more clearly understood. And that there's similar principles in a marriage, is clearly communicated boundaries and expectations are ways of improving a relationship. Uh, another interesting thing I thought about on this topic is that oftentimes because couples have decided, okay, well, I think we need to divorce, they no longer have those fears to say something that needs to be said. There's a lot of times they, they have never said some things. They said, okay, well, it doesn't matter anymore because it doesn't matter. I'm really going to share my real feelings, which they never did before. They were sharing what they thought their spouse wanted to hear and not sharing their true feelings. So when they're looking at divorce, in a sense that that fear and that boundary is gone. And so now they can share their true feelings. And it's been interesting to watch couples really grow together when true feelings are shared. And even though many things are not comfortable to hear or listen to in the process of working with them and them saying and given all the reasons why they need to divorce it's education and new information that the spouse didn't have before and oftentimes with that new information the spouse now they know what to change they know what to do and then all of a sudden the relationship's getting better that's the good and the difficult part is when a couple has decided they're going to divorce, all of a sudden they're getting along better than they ever have before. In a way, it's good struggle to take their, keep their commitment of divorcing. But eventually they, they do change their mind and say, okay, well, maybe we can make this work. So Rod, I've heard you bring up several times um, in different ways the importance of the individuals growing and knowing about themselves, how to communicate with God, how to communicate themselves to express their real feelings and to communicate what the real problem is. It sounds like that gets lost in a marriage, that ability yeah. to be individual and express oneself. How do you keep that? Yeah, so some of that's a case-by-case basis. <laughs> how, do you, how to keep that or how to learn it in a new way is brings up the point where a lot of times we all do come from back, different backgrounds and so oftentimes you know like growing one individual in a family growing up in their family when there's conflict the way to give respect is to hash it out right then and settle the conflict so that there's no long lingering feelings and so that's the way of respect in that family is let's hash it out 
so we can work it through and be on the other side of the conflict, and then we can have peace. And that's how some people grow up. And they often and most often marry someone that grew up in the opposite, where in their family, when there's conflict, you give time and space. You mm -hmm. avoid the conflict. You don't have it. You don't hash it out because in that time there's conflict and you want to avoid the conflict. And so the most respectful thing is to give space and not talk about it, maybe for a week, maybe, or, you know, or a day or a week. Unfortunately, sometimes in those cases, they, they forget about it and never come back. They don't resolve it. But that's, that's the easy thing to correct as far as learning different communication skills to be able to work through and strategize how to change that pattern. But in a relationship, when there's conflict, if the person gives space, the other person's feeling rejected. Say, hey, you're leaving me alone. You're abandoning me. Why don't we work this through? And the other's thinking, why do you have to hash it out? You know, so it goes back and forth. It's a lot of education to be aware that that dynamic, that pattern is happening and that cycle is happening. And so a lot of education just to be aware and learning to do it differently. I often say the analogy is like one of you grew up playing football, another basketball. There's different rules. Well, you don't want to play football on a basketball field or a court, and nor do you want to play basketball on a football field. So the, the work of a marriage is learning to play soccer or develop a new game completely where the different boundaries are defined and then you, you work together in defining what that means. And as you work together with the new program, then that's how you build harmony. We all are taught or experience different things that make sense in the environment we grew up in, but totally are wrong or opposite in a different environment. So that's why it's helpful to recognize different environments and learn different rules. You know, it's like school kids, it's like every classroom. The teacher starts the year out. This is the rules in this classroom. There's the general rules for the school, but each classroom has their own slant on what those rules are and how that's to be carried out. As long as those rules are respected, then there's good cooperation. I believe in marriage. I believe that any two people willing to live by respect and commitment, that they can work on having a successful and have a successful, happy, loving marriage. I think about that too when I think about other countries where they have arranged marriages. You know, not everyone chooses who they marry in this world. And how do they have successful marriages? They, sometimes they only meet the person on their wedding day. Well, to me, it's not so much who you choose to marry, it's more to do how you choose to live in your marriage that makes the, the difference whether the marriage is successful or a failure. So it's your level of commitment. I thought it was pretty interesting how the sacred, I don't want I don't know if it's sacred, but yeah, the decision to divorce, that's a pretty heavy, heavy thing, but it changes when you look at it from a covenant perspective. Yeah, it changes everything. And there have been times where I tell people that I know that are religious, I say, well, psychologically speaking, with all rationality, you should divorce this person. But I don't know if you should or not. 
psychologically, it doesn't make sense. You're not getting along. You don't like each other. The commitment's not there. But that's not up to me to, in my judgment because I don't know all that's going on with that person or with you or the future. And so I encourage them to go back to God and talk to him and say, what does he direct you to do? And as I've done that, the things I've heard from individuals at times when they've prayed about that, some have felt like they need to stick it out. But what's really good about that is oftentimes when they feel that prompting to stick it out, to work at it, they're also given guidance. There's really no better marriage counselor than God. I learned some things and have experience, but I don't know everything. God knows everybody and everything. He knows what needs to be worked on next. In talking to God, he can direct that individual to what to work on and how to make it better. And sometimes it's not necessarily it's going to save the marriage either. It's just what that person needs to learn and what the other person needs to learn, or both of them, what their next step of progress in learning is. And sometimes that might lead to a greater awareness of why it's time to separate. One person came back and said they were prompted, hey, they should get divorced as quick as possible, that God had someone else in mind for them that was going to bring a happier life for them. And it was time to move on and time to let go because the spouse was emotionally abusive and uncommitted, unwilling to do anything to work on the relationship. So it was time to, time to let go and move on with that. Well, and I've appreciated your advice where we're learning new relationship patterns. So if it doesn't work in this marriage relationship, there might be other relationships that we have that these skills and knowledge of ourselves we're going to take into other relationships. And it's a very healthy way to look at it. Yeah, and that's what I share with couples when they come in and say, yeah, we're determined, we're committed, and that's what we're choosing is to divorce. I said, well, okay, well, that's your choice. Along with that, though, we can learn to communicate so the goal then is changed to not saving the marriage. The goal is to divorce peacefully. And I share with every couple that the 80% of the work in the marriage is individual work, really. And so if, if they can learn how to manage themselves in the conflict marriage that they're letting, letting go of, they can really hone their skills and prepare for the next relationship. Because if they can do it in the hard times, they can do it when it's not so hard. It's kind of like the, I guess, the analogy of the eagle. When they learn to fly, they will often go out in the middle of a storm on purpose to refine their flying skills. Because all the turbulent drafts and winds that come through the clouds and through the different storms helps improve their skills of flying. So if you can do it in the worst of times, it makes the easy times so much easier and smoother. That's timely advice for this world situation we're living in <laughs> <laughs> right yeah during the COVID-19 stay-at-home order with our spouse and family if we can do it during the pent-up times and with the space and timeouts that will come later then we should miss each other and want to be together more and more and that's part of a happy marriage is flexibility and um, you know there's the same flexibility is a sign of mental health 
it's also flexibility in the relationship is a healthy relationship. Just being aware and he who is not flexible will be bent out of shape. So some, some little uh, sayings there. My hope is that if you are having a challenge with wondering whether or not you should stay married, look at your own level of commitment and who you're committed with. Is it just your spouse? That's one level of commitment. Is that a relationship of convenience or is it a covenant marriage where it's not just you and your spouse, it's you, your spouse, and God. So you need to get his approval. He will agree to it when it's a good idea, but not until then because he knows how much you need to learn and your spouse needs to learn. I've seen those cases too where one person was inspired to stay to help their spouse. Not that they needed it, but out of a service, in a sense, to stick around for one to two more years. So the other person had some mercy, I guess would be a good way to put it. I had one woman I worked with. She stuck around for five years waiting for her husband to straighten up. And he did twice. He straightened up and fell again and straightened up. And and then things didn't go so well after that. So. Eventually, she did divorce, but there was a lot of difficult times. But yet, out of those difficult times, just like the eagle, she became very, what a, hard to describe. She, she really honed her ability to be forgiving and loving and kind and patient. And even after five years of working on that, the divorce at that time was a good idea. Really, in situations when things don't get better, it's because there's things that haven't been uh, exposed to change. Actually, that's been my experience. Another level of understanding in a marriage is if a couple is working, if they are working on practicing the skills and things are not getting better, it's because we don't have the whole story yet. And that was the case with this woman in five years. She worked and worked and worked. And he worked hard. Things got better. But it just couldn't last because there was a deeper core issue that he had not revealed. You know, and, and until we're dealing with the whole everything, we can't bring healing to everything. So I don't know if that makes sense. But when I work with individuals and they don't get better as quick as I'm used to, that means I don't know the whole story. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I had one guy, he was working to overcome porn, and he swore up and down. He had told everything. He worked hard. He did his homework. Well, actually, he didn't do his homework. He didn't do his homework, and I never had the whole story until two years after several times swearing up and down that he had revealed everything. Well, he just never got better. and. As all things, the truth will rise to the top. Things get better when the truth comes out. And if it's not getting better, it's because the truth hasn't come out. And so those are some other thoughts when you consider why are things not getting better? It's because you don't know the story. Another successes I've heard from individuals in a relationship is they, in their prayer and consulting with God, They have been inspired to go 
check the phone at a certain time or go follow. And more information was revealed about what was going on that they didn't know. Everything looked good, sounded good, but just didn't feel right. And so when they prayed about it, they were inspired to go check some things out that revealed more information that was previously unknown. And that opened up the whole next level of learning for them. Sometimes when people are not being honest, it's hard for them to be honest. And so it takes outside resources to reveal that. I've got one woman, she hired a, a private investigator. It's kind of like the movies. <laughs> have to go find out what's really going on. That's not common in normal means. So some reality is stranger than movies at times. Anyway, so hope you've enjoyed this discussion. Things to think about. I wish you the best and hope you don't have to deal with divorce or that you can work and work that through legally, that you don't have to do that emotionally and socially. I hope you have lots of divorces so that you can continue to grow and change and become more unified as you begin to better understand each other through different life experiences and changes and circumstances. The Chinese caricature for crisis is very similar to the caricature for change. So in crisis, when things are changing, that's the most available time to make change. And I hope that you can make some good changes so you can have a better marriage. I wish everyone the best. Thanks for listening today. I hope you find this information and tools helpful. Please subscribe to the podcast channel so you never miss an episode. And be sure to join us next week for more great information. And of course, don't forget to check out my website, communicatinglove.com for more information on my live webinar and other great resources and videos. Until next week, onward and upward.